You know, they talk about banks being too big to fail, but in FC Barcelona's case, it's like they're too big to not fail, or they're paying too many people too much money for it not to be an abject disaster down the line, and maybe that down the line is what we saw against Bayern Munich, Bo. Yeah, the players are getting older, so that's a problem. You look at any major soccer team, though, and look, they have money they're wasting, right? Everybody has this guy on their lineup that they're just like, why are we paying him so much money? He doesn't do anything, whether it's a coach's decision or just the fact that the player doesn't fit in. So to look at Barcelona and say their one problem is is they're paying too many players, that's not really the problem. The problem is is that they just need better defenders right and they just they just need to work on it i mean look they finished second in la liga they got to where they did in champions league yes they got blown out by byron munich yes it's a wake-up call but i this whole idea that barcelona is now complete trash i'm not buying into right they just they had a terrible game it exposed some weaknesses but look these are these are all things that can be fixed barcelona cannot afford to like go through a two or three year rebuild they just got to fix a couple of parts and i think they'll be back in top four yeah and they won't stop hearing this Welcome to uh, Sound System <laughs> FC. The uh, Bayern Munich goal-scoring celebration music is uh, obviously the stuff wow. of nightmares for Kike Setien. And uh, Kike, do you love me? Are you riding? Are you out? Yeah, Ronald Koeman, you get to take charge of this thing. And, uh, you know, that 1992 glory only goes so far. And I will tell you, as it relates to Champions League, Bo, uh, and I got to give do credit where credit is due. We were just horrible in our prognostications here too far, but you know who's oh, yeah. been spot on? Peter Schmeichel. Yes, the father of Casper, the Manchester United legend, uh, dead on with seeing at the beginning of the thing, uh, or at least when they started saying on the CBS telecast, then in the CBS All Access, Peter Schmeichel saying with no uncertainty, he saw PSG and he saw Bayern Munich being in the Champions League final. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to digging in. It's It's been good, the all-access coverage. It really has been. And the Europa stuff has been really good. But when it gets to it, are you at all surprised that PSG took care of business and took down Leipzig? Because uh, I'm not surprised at all that Bayern took care of Lyon. But just the PSG-Leipzig semifinal on Tuesday, that seemed like we're now going to see a pretty good finals matchup because PSG looks ready to maybe make that approach against Byron that it's going to take. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, if we hit the rewind button and look at look at our shows, look at look at most other shows, look at any soccer expert, I mean, the idea that the final is PSG Byron, I, I think we all had those two teams in our four or five that were going to make it from the beginning. All right, so this is not a surprise. There were some surprises. Barcelona, as we alluded to, got crushed. And by the way, the will, the real winner in that, I think, is Jack White because they played Seven Nation Army after every goal. And uh, I think he makes more money off of that playing in stadiums than anything else. So uh, good for him. Good for Jack White. But honestly, it's like, yes, Lyon played great. They got to where they got. You know, and and it was impressive. And, you know, we've seen big teams drop Juventus. You know, we saw Atletico, a team me and you both really like. You know, they lost to Leipzig, who played well. But to me, the final between PSG and Byron, I mean, these are two teams that pretty much everybody expected to be close to the final, if not in the final. Because, 
I mean, honestly, they have so many players. And Lawrence, you were talking earlier about the fact that Barcelona has all these guys that cost so much money and maybe they're on the tail end of their career. But I mean, you look at Byron and you look at PSG and they also have spent money and they also have big name players. The only difference is, is the fact that all of their big name players are hitting on all cylinders. I mean, Neymar has played well, even though it was kind of a struggle in the first half, uh, missing a couple of goals in the uh quarterfinals but you know you got Mbappe he's back he's looking great of course Bayern Munich just doesn't stop every time you turn around I mean Thomas Mueller is suddenly like the 25 year old version of Thomas Mueller uh Lewandowski hasn't stopped scoring and then Alfonso Davies who I think has been the the player of the tournament because he I mean he's such a young such a young kid I mean 19 years old and the way he's playing the speed at which he plays and the skill level he is a super smart soccer player you know he he knows the game well you can see in how he plays it and that's why he fits in so well at Byron because they are a technical team they're a quick team they they pass the ball well um you know they're 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 just so quick on the attack and and ready to score and we saw that against Barcelona and I think this PSG Byron game is going to be exciting because you have two teams with just filled with exciting players right this isn't just two teams that are based off of tactics this isn't just two teams like look we both love Atletico but sometimes they cannot be the most exciting team to watch unless you're a big fan of defensive football but these two teams put the ball in the net it's going to be fun a lot of the other pundits with CBS had been thinking that it was going to be an Atleti and Bayern final. And I mean, we would have gone there too. So you're right about that. The other thing about Davis is this, you know, I've had a couple of conversations with um, our co-host with the sister podcast that we do NBA sound system, Carlin Gay. He's Canadian. He's from Canada. He's as interested in looking at what Davis can do for the Canadian national team and this hope for a you know a good showing when that World Cup is a shared endeavor between the United States and Canada as we were when we started looking early at this Bundesliga schedule upon the restart at like all of the U.S. men's national team players that are scattered around the Bundesliga and like this is a really good showcase for them and also a good training ground for a lot of these young players we talked about Weston McKinney before and Josh Sargent um Really, when you look at Leipzig, Tyler Adams doing the business against Atleti. I mean, really taking care of that. So the U.S. men's national team really nicely on display and what Canada can hopefully do because Davis is so strong. The whole thing is just like, wow, North America, it's coming. You know, it's been talked about for so long, but now it, it almost seems like this class of player that we're seeing with some of these Bundesliga teams and especially with Davis with Bayern Munich, it for North American soccer on that international scale, it does seem like it's now coming into focus, Bo. I mean, it does. And also, I think it's the fact that we're starting to see a little bit of a shift. Uh, some have seen this before, especially because I know a lot of people are big fans of German soccer of the Bundesliga like yourself. But when you look and you say that the, the last four teams in Champions League, you had two German teams, one not being Dortmund, and you had two French teams. I mean, that shows you that there is parity in Europe, that Europe isn't just basically Premier League and La Liga. I'm a huge fan of La Liga. This They did really well until the final eight, and then they all just were terrible. I don't know what happened. Uh, they just weren't up to play. They looked really good until they walked in there. But, I mean, to have the two French teams and the two German teams where they were, I think shows the fact that the leagues have parity. 
And like you said, a lot of young talent coming from North America, coming from the United States, coming from Canada, playing in Bundesliga, and we're getting to see how well they grow in, in, in what I think is a great soccer environment because it's built around the team. You know, Germany doesn't have these massive signings, right? You don't see these teams coming in and paying people hundreds of millions of euros, right? Even when people were talking about Gareth Bale going to Bayern Munich, there was no way that was going to happen. They're not going to pay that kind of money. I mean, they have Coutinho, but that's only because it kind of fell into their lap. So it is great to see. It is great to see uh, from these leagues. But again, both of these teams are superstar teams. So Lawrence, I got to know from you, who, who you got? Who do you think is going to win this game? I think Bayern wins pretty handedly. Um, it's funny. It, I'll take PSG then. Okay, go go with PSG. But but do, do me one. The, the game two days earlier, the Europa League final, Inter Sevilla. You love the La Liga sides, and I'm seeing it from Sevilla in the sense that that is the club that knocked Wolves out, and get to enjoy that. But when you see it come together inter has been really clicking and there's a ton of talent there but I, I think that the momentum is with sevilla in this case you're right it is with sevilla uh my my la liga has taken a hit in the last couple of weeks in european play i'm gonna go with inter though i really think that this is a time for that team to to really put forth their best effort um they didn't have much to play for at the end of of syria because juventus was was so far ahead and, you know, it just seems to be inevitable that they're going to win Serie A. But I think Inter is going to put it together. I think Inter is going to win Europa. I think it's a great next step for that team to really push themselves to that elite level, which which I think they're they're trying to get back to. All right. So you'll have PSG and Inter. I'll take Sevilla and Bayern. We'll see how it comes out when we talk the next time. But you know what it's time for now. Woo! It's time for that football down south. Uh, football in Inglace, and as we tape this on uh, Thursday, 8-2020, we'll be in touch, so you're in touch. Let's look at the action on Friday, the 21st of August, as Nacoxa starting to get it together and not leaving Malagon out to dry as often as they will host Santos, and uh, that's a nice matchup to get the weekend started in our Liga MX Views of the World. Yeah, I mean, honestly, though, I mean, look, Santos is in 14th, uh, Nacox is in 16th. One of these teams needs to win. Neither team needs a draw right now. They definitely don't need a loss. So this can be kind of a springboard into the right direction. Again, you only got to get in the top 12 to make the playoffs. Neither of these teams are top four teams, so they need to be looking for that top 12. But you're right, Nacoxa looked awful the first couple of games, and now they're starting to maybe leave that cesspool of mediocrity and step into some decent soccer. So, yeah, actually, that that's going to be a really good game on Friday. You know, I've been enjoying so much the Tudene Extra and the excellent work and enthusiasm from Ramsey's Sandoval. And as we see Juarez hosting Leon, I think back to this, where Leon, the Kings, took control Pretty play here, off the try, Angel Mena with the Mac dummy, and with that, after Gigliotti opens that ball initially to Ramirez, Gigliotti starts it, Gigliotti finishes it, Leon up to the one on Tijuana with 15 minutes to go. Yeah, Spider Orozco was doing <laughs> the best he could for the longest time he could, but uh, Gigliotti started it, 
and then he finished it. It, it was really some inspired play down the line from the Kings, and and it and it's good to see now that they're coming into focus, and it's not just like leaving Mena to do everything out there. Yeah, you're right, Lawrence. The Kings of Leon have actually, you know, I mean, except for a misstep against Cruz Azul, I mean, they've looked good in their first four games, and yeah, if they can close it out against Bravos, they're going to look at a pretty good stance in the table. They got Atlas coming up after that on Monday. So, I mean, they could really start making a run. And yeah, you're right. The the calls from your boy Ramsey's two are still still the best. It is good. <laughs> it's very good. Um, <laughs> Atlas you speak of, um, they're facing Ugh. a team that has really in the past two weeks or it really wasn't even two weeks it was the two games between the last weekend because they've been doubling up here um Carataro have been so impressive and, and it's almost like doing it against Cruz Azul in America the way that they did that's near unprecedented taking care of those two clubs but I think it comes back down to earth for Carataro on this particular Saturday no, 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 man. Carataro, look, they started out and we were, they, they, look, they had kind of a tough offseason. I mean, everybody had a tough offseason, but they had a tough offseason. Nobody was real sure the direction they were going to go. They almost turned into the Masalan team. But you know what? They've put it together. The Cruz Azul win, yes, that was good. But that win against America, it, it was total domination. I mean, they dominated America. And like a team like that doesn't just fall off the edge of the table after a game like that. They're going to come out big against Atlas. They got Santos next. I think Carataro can can put themselves in the top four. And, uh, you know, I, they have something to play for. They have something to prove. Those guys, they see what happened to Morelia, basically, and they know that they have to come out and establish themselves as a strong team in Liga MX. And, you know, they can do that because right now they're sitting in seventh, but they're not that far from being at the top of the table. They get two more wins, you know, they're they're at the top. And they've already proven they can beat America. They've already proven they can beat Cruz Azul. I mean, I, I like Carataro as, as my dark horse right now. What Tigris team are we even looking at? The universities are getting involved on uh... – the 5 p.m. <laughs> grouping with Pumas and uh, Tigris. But but what, what Tigris team are we even looking at right now? I mean, it came into the campaign like, oh, this is the team that's going to just kill everybody and just on the, grab the gold on their way to the glory land. But it now seemingly feels, and I don't and know, I don't they, know it's, it's it look, almost like Tuca doesn't quite have as much control over all of this that he wants everyone to believe that he does, if that makes any sense. That Toluca team is actually really, really good. I was impressed with the game they played against Tigris. I mean, that that goal in injury time to win. I mean, look, I, Tigris is is okay, right? They're an okay team. The okay team that ties Tijuana, you know, they're not a great team. They're not a top four team. But also, I think we need to look at Toluca after looking at that Toluca-Tigris game and realize that Toluca is a lot better than we think. Going back, though, to, you're right, the battle of the universities, who's going to win? I think I think Pumas has this game. I think Pumas has been playing better soccer. Okay. Um, the big daddy of them all on Saturday is the Apertura 2019 finalists, America and Monterey taking on each other. And let's table that for a second because you were just talking about Toluca, and if this Toluca team that we think we're seeing can really compete, they're going to have to do it against the now resurgent 
and very, very attuned to the situation. They needed a manager who could Vusa teach, and they got one. The goats <laughs> are here, and 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 I'm telling you, they finally started scoring. That that helps. Uh, but Toluca Chivas on Sunday is really something to keep an eye on now, and 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 Chivas is becoming to me like appointment television. Yeah, I mean, I I think that you do have some great games on Sunday. You have that Toluca. Chivas game. I think those are two teams that are both headed in the right direction. I think that's going to tell us a lot about what they're going to do from here. Very happy to see Guadalajara doing better because when Guadalajara does better, Liga MX does better. I mean, they kind of are, you know, a very important global brand and you want to see them succeed. That next game coming up, though, that Atletico San Luis Cruz Azul game, again, two teams that I think you know, they're headed in the right direction. I think the winner of this really has momentum to continue to springboard them into the top of the table. Uh, and well, Tijuana Puebla, I mean, Puebla's going to take that game. Tijuana, I, I don't know, man. I, I felt like they were going to be good. I didn't think they were going to be great. I don't think anybody did. But like Tijuana is not good at all. And Puebla has been playing playing pretty well. Well, let's go back in time, Michael J. Fox style here with uh, America Gonna Monterey. Gonna go back in time. Because we glossed over it, and <laughs> it's now time to spend some time with it. I, I, I just didn't want to lose our Toluca train of thought, but America Monterey, now, you've got all of the intrigue in the world. I, I, I will be glued to this and so excited to get to see it. One of the really unbelievable finals. I, I will never in my mind lose the memory of Rogelio Funes More bringing the ball down to his chest with a bicycle kick past Memo. And, and, and I just don't think that we're going to see that level of intensity, but it is two teams that have got to start turning things around. Uh, America had been blasting people and then just the wheels came off in the past you know several days i think it'll get back on track for them but at a certain point the tears of mohammed may be legitimate soon given that it doesn't seem like it's gonna get corrected i know i'm the one at the beginning of the season that was like okay they're back that was after one game and boy was that jumping the gun yeah, but you have two of the most exciting players in Liga MX playing against each other, Funes Mori and Martin. I mean, I'm excited to see this game because I think that these teams are going to bring it. Look, this schedule, this league is short. It doesn't take long from beginning to end. So, look, you don't have those, like, drawn-out August days, July days of, like, Major League Baseball. Well, you know, Major League Baseball when things are normal. But, like, every game really matters. And that's just not, like, a saying or a pitch. I mean, every game does matter. Both of these teams know that they have to win this game. That a win really kind of quiets the fan base, can get them on the right track, can motivate the players, can keep the coach off the hot seat, and a loss is going to do the opposite. I mean, I don't think any of the I don't think either of these two coaches really can absorb a loss right now. And uh, I, I think the intensity is going to be there. I like that. And I also like the thought that uh, Major League Baseball isn't what we thought it was because right now it seems like we're going back to like 1990 as the A's and Dodgers lead the American League and National League respectively at this point that we tape this, of course, 8-20-20. So um, <laughs> let's wrap this up with no more baseball talk. I mean, Mazatlan loves its baseball as well as the uh, folks that aren't in the Kraken for Monday Night Football as Pachuca is hosting Mazatlan. 
We saw some signs of life from Mazatlan a couple of weeks ago. It hasn't been going as well for them. Pachuca still grinding, still fighting, still using some of that veteran presence to make a mark. Um, how do you think this one plays out? Look, a win for either of these teams does a lot. I mean, Pachuca's in the top 10. They haven't played terrible. And Mazatlan, honestly, like we both coming into this, we both like Mazalan. We, we, we love that they're a new team, uh, new place. We like the, the, the selling of the team, the social media, everything they're doing. And like, but we were afraid that maybe the team wasn't going to match the hype. And honestly, the team hasn't been that bad. I mean, one win, two draws, they get a draw or a win. They get some points from Pachuca. I mean, they're going to move up the table a little bit. I think they've been playing well. They're fun to watch. I mean, their games are 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 great. Uh, Fraga has been doing well to to try to keep things together, keep them in games. But yeah, you look at that. But you also look at Pachuca, right? You look at Tuzos. Uh, you know, they did beat Puebla. Uh, they did beat Queretaro. So you know, they're not a bad team. They just need a couple of more points. Again. You only need 15, 16 points to make it to the playoffs. And both of these teams are have a pathway to do that. And I think getting into the playoffs for either of these teams is a win. It's a win for their fan base. It's a win for the players. And and honestly, like it's going to be an exciting game because both of these teams have a lot of young talent that wants to prove themselves on the stage. All right. And let's be fair. They are letting in 12 of the 18 into this postseason, right? Where there's sort of like a buy setup for the top four. And as much as we were acting like America is not really fulfilling their destiny, I mean, it's not just the differential in goals. They still do have 10 points in the standing, which does have them at the top of the table right now with Cruz Azul yeah, and yeah, yeah. Leon but, just beyond them. But but you're right. Toluca is the one that's made the most noise, interestingly. They're ahead of Tigris as it stands right now. Caritaro is up there at 7. Puebla, you know, they're hanging in. If Chivas can get some momentum here, they will mostly certain be, you know, very much in that mix when we get to uh, the the postseason part of things. But, but but it's 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 the likes of Santos. It's it's the likes of Monterey where they're near to the outside looking in and or or are on the outside looking in if the playoffs uh, began today. That's where you're kind of going like, okay, well. What is the real standings here? Because it, this doesn't seem like this is at all going to be what it's going to be in a couple of weeks. Well, that's true. But I mean, OK, let's go back to America real quick, because it's like, OK, you're right. America's still at the top of the table. America has still won games. They've still looked pretty good in most of their games. But honestly, at the beginning, you know, if you think about it, think about Barcelona versus Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich crushes Barcelona. And what do we say about Barcelona? What does everybody say about Barcelona? They're done. Need a new coach. Messi needs to go. They need to do this. Payroll's too big. Blah, blah, blah. America gets blown out by Carataro. And we're like, well, you know, I mean, at least they're still at the top of the table. Like, no, man. One game can change the outlook of an entire team. And if I don't see America put it together in this next game, like I'm afraid they may be in a little bit of a free fall. No, you speak of Byron, and I think we should probably end on this. I mean, we can't pay Jack White what he has coming to him, but uh, Brahms, I don't know. I will see you very soon, and let's see how it all plays out with Bo Byerly. I'm Lawrence Scott. This is Sound System FC. 